Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and welcome to another edition of Paranormal Almanac. And on this edition, let's talk about the devil. But first, as always, we've got shout-outs. That's right, shout-outs going out to all the patrons. Head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac, and right after I do the shout-outs, you're going to hear some, uh, I don't know, fun stuff. We'll see. Shout-outs going out to... Sylvester Flores III, Duran, Nikki Loves James. Hey, Nikki. Kurt Loves James, too. Cobalt Slayer 42, Lori, Alicia, Rebecca, Esteban, Anne, Stephen, Jennifer, Heather G. This user is totally not a skinwalker. Zuzus, what's it? Nico Sharon the Mouse, Mark, Tortuga, Hannah, Boo, Mike from Jersey, Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy, Virginia, Tony, Jason, Vicky Crow, Clay, Buzz, Lobita Works, Glacier Maine, Isabel, Jen Jen, Stacy, Amber, Tracy, Kelly Joe, Menace the Beast, Kick-Ass Magic, Robot Webcomics, Andy, Paige, Kausch, Batman666, Andrew, Scott A, Andrea, Melody, Vicky, Vanessa. Ooh, I almost lost my spot. I'm still going. Still good. Marisol, Liam, Roger, Alicia, Becca, Jake, and the Beasties, Elizabeth, Voidtech, Sherry, Art Muffin, Trudy, Tim, Kenneth, Ricardo, Ian, Alexander, Alexandra, sorry, George, Seth, Zozo the Demon, Hayden, Cindy, Ashley, Carrie, Robin, Will, Lauren Russell, April, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy, Bob, Paula, Jerry, Lindsay, Jeff T, Joe, Lawrence, the Lawrence Strawn. Hey, howdy, hi. Veronica, Autumn, J. Mark Manning, Carolyn, Jade, Nanashi, Chuck, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Dan, Laura Pitts, and Gamer Fan. All righty. So here we go. Patrons. Oh, sorry. Before I get to that, two special shout outs, as always, that will never be missed. Joe Teague and Stitch. Well, I miss them dearly, actually, but you know what I mean. Patrons, alrighty, starting next Monday, June 5th, I want to do a weekly patron-only Zoom meetup. We can talk about episodes, we can talk, we can just chat, we can talk about whatever you guys want to chat with, but it's just going to be the patrons and me. Figured it'd be cool to just kind of hang out with the patrons and see what they like, see what they want, see what episodes they want. So if you guys have any ideas for like future episodes, that'll be the place to do it. So we can actually be more of a group because I always wanted that to be like a hangout place. So I figured, well, then let's hang out and make it the place. Now, everybody else, you can still join the Patreon and join that one. But everybody else, this Thursday, oh, 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 no, 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 no. I got to cancel. Shoot. I got to cancel uh, something. But that's all right. This Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. There will be the next live episode of Paranormal Almanac. So let's hang out. Call in with your personal paranormal stories. I'll show off on, on live the, uh, the live episode. I will show off my shrunken head that I made. Your what? Well, just you wait and see in case you don't have social media and you haven't seen the photos. I'll show it off there. It'll be something fun to do. All right, let's move on. Let's keep on moving on with this episode. Oh, coming up, is this is the last week for the Tee Public. 
free t-shirt contest, the phrase that pays contest. So keep and listen for the phrase that pays on this episode. And if you haven't entered yet, you can email me at paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. Subject line, phrase that pays. And then in the body of the email, the phrase that pays that I will be saying later in this episode, if I haven't already said it, you never know. You can never tell when it's going to be said. I will clearly say this is the phrase that pays. Don't worry. But this is the last week to do it. Then I draw the two names, send them over to T Public, and they're going to send you out a shirt. You guys have to figure out, like, once I you know say the names, you'll have to figure out what style you want, what size you want it, and what color T-shirt you want it. And you want it like a men's cut or a women's cut. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot coming up. I cannot wait for you guys, two of you, two of you, to win free T-shirts courtesy of tpublic.com. Now, you can see all the styles by heading over to tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac. And if you're listening to this thing live, well, not live, but, you know, current, all the merch is 35% off. Get your merch, peoples. All righty, with that, um, nope, it's not phrase that pays time. Let's do, uh, well, let's do paranormal news. little remix for you. That's right. It's time for paranormal news. There's a lot, and I mean a hell of a lot, of paranormal news that is going on to the point where I'm like, man, I might have to do like a whole paranormal news episode, just that. But for right now, we're going to keep it at the beginning of every episode. The first story in paranormal news, UFO spotted lurking above U.S. largest marine base. We got aliens. That's what the headline says. Department of Defense told Fox News Digital that object flying over 29 Palms, California in 2021 was a weapons and tactics instructor course. What does that mean? Can't wait to get into this. A possible UFO with flashing lights was filmed flying over a U.S. Marine base in California in 2021 and mystified witnesses. But the government claims it was a training exercise. Now, Jeremy Corbell, who, again, freaking awesome, met him at AlienCon, love to have him on the show, who was the only civilian named during Congress's historic hearing in May, uh, said that uh, UAPs obtained footage and pictures of the possible UFO, shared them with Fox Digital News. He says it was described to him by witnesses at Camp Wilson in 29 Palms, California, as a large, silent, and hovering triangular-shaped craft. Sue Gao, go, Gauf, Gauf, I don't know, a Department of Defense spokesperson told Fox News Digital that a training course was going on at that time, and the Pentagon's tax office that tracks UAPs says it doesn't necessarily mean it was a UFO, and they don't have any record of this incident. Now, if you actually look at the photo of it, it is a ginormous triangular craft with lights. It's not just flares falling. This is a craft. You can see the outline of the craft. Uh, let's see, there's no communication, of record of communication with the base range control concerning a UAP sighting, nor any allocation of any base resources to investigate the UAP sighting. Arrow does not have a record of this alleged incident and cannot verify the authenticity of this case. Which, for me, 
leans me even further into, oh, yeah, that was a UFO. They don't want to come on record at all because of how big it was and where it was seen over the largest marine base. That's, in my opinion, and my opinion only, it's, you know, take it with a grain of salt if you want. That means UFO as far as I'm concerned. Already up next in Paranormal News, headliners for 2023 Roswell UFO Festival have been announced. Are you guys going to go? There will be live music on the evenings of Friday, June 30th and Saturday, July 1st at uh, De Bremen Field in, uh, for part of the UFO Festival in Roswell. They're going to have the country music trio Runaway Janes. Uh, all right. Cool. I don't, I don't know them. Uh, let's see. Austin Van will also perform. Cool. Don't know who that is. Um, tickets go on sale for $20 for general admission, $75 for VIP tickets. I'm going to go to the UFO Festival website and see what else is going to be going on there as well. I can tell you who hasn't been invited. Me. I've not been invited. I would love to go to it. It's 32 days away. Invite me. I'll go. Come on. Come on, Roswell. Uh, let's see. You can get tickets for the entire thing. There's a variety of different ones. There's an alien crawl. Where's? It says, join us for this out-of-world experience. Tell me about it. What are the events? Here we go. Here's some of the events. Oh, my good Lord. Um, There's, come on, just, I'm just going to click one of these. There's UFO discussions and tours. There's UFO attractions. There's planetarium stuff. Uh, let's see. The alien crawl is a guided bar crawl. Cool. Sign me up. I want to go. That sounds awesome. Uh, let's see. They're also going to have the Roswell incident. Discover more about speakers, details, and secure your tickets for this out-of-the-world event that they won't talk about. What else do you have? Come on, man. There's got to be a better event calendar. I'm trying to pimp this thing for you guys. Invite me. I'll pimp it out like crazy. Let's see, there'll be a Roswell Daily Record, Roswell Incident and Film Festival, a Galaxy Fair, Galacticon, Kids Zone, 2023 UFO Museum, Ufologist Invasion, a Moon Maze, the Main Street Alien Fest. That's something I really would like to see one of these years. UFO Festival Laser Shows, a Circus Camp, um, Kids Alien Foam Party, Aerial Aura Aerialists. Boy, that's a lot to say. Um... Here we go. Now there's getting to some stuff. Alien Chase, Alien Crazy Hair Salon, uh, 2023 UFO Museum of Uf Ufologist Invasion. There's a lot going on. It'd be a fun time. I would love to be part of it next year, so I'll reach out to them yet again. But come on, Roswell. I'm not local, but I'm relatively local, and I talk about UFOs possibly more than anybody else. So let's get on this. Up next in Paranormal News, Dan Mullen catches potential UFO on video, questions origins. Who? I don't know. Uh, former Florida and Mississippi State coach Dan Mullen says that uh, he caught a UFO and I uh, can finally watch the video that he posted on Twitter. I see nothing but blackness. Oh, there we go. It's Starlink. I already, uh, I can stop. I can stop seven seconds in. It's Starlink. Uh, let's see. It's got to be a meteor or something. No, it's Starlink. Let's keep going in the, the comments here. Yeah, it's Starlink. All right, so I guess that real quick. That was a waste of my time and yours. All righty. Um, 
Up next in paranormal news. Oh, here we go. If you guys live in or near Denton, Texas, tomorrow, Monday, May 29th, Fish Boy. If you don't know who Fish Boy is, the 200th episode, whatever. Yeah, 200th episode, I did an interview with Fish Boy. Absolutely love this band. They sang, He sings Haunted Highway, a fantastic song that kind of became the anthem for Paranormal Almanac during the pandemic. Um, well, Fish Boy's performing. Go see him tomorrow. If you live in or near Denton, Texas, in Denton, Texas tomorrow, Fish Boy will be performing. And if you can go, please go. And if you can go, tell him Kurt from Paranormal Almanac says hi. And he's the best. And I can't wait to have him back on the show. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news, a couple other ones that I've been wanting to watch. This first one, a pair of Bigfoot films stalking deer? There's captured footage. That's right. I finally can watch this. This see, it was uh, captured in Canada. Okay. Alright, I do see something walking in the distance. What is happening in this video? This is a dude just staring at the camera doing this. Yeah, this deer is like, the fuck are you doing, dude? I mean, yeah, there's something in this. All right, all right. talking, you know, he's confused. Okay, all right, stop it, stop it. Um, He's saying that as he was singing, he positions the camera to film the deer watching him. And at that moment, a pair of dark figures emerge from behind the trees off in the distance. Um, My thing is, it starts on the dark creatures, pans back over to him, and he starts his little whistly, singing thing, and then he pans back over to the deer that's still standing there, and then two things behind him. Could it be Bigfoot? I mean, sure. It could be his friends for all the fuck I know. I have no idea. Alrighty, I want to get to this last one. I want to get into this episode. Uh, up next in Paranormal News, another one I've been wanting to check out. Um, hopefully they have a video of it. I haven't checked. Bizarre Rat Boy donated to Indiana Museum. So get this. <clears throat> it seems like somebody donated this really weird thing to this museum, in this case, and it looks like a rat boy. And as someone who's had something bizarre mailed to me, one year ago last week, the Hand of Fate was mailed to me, and we unboxed it. Myself, Jamie, and Todd, you can still see the unboxing video on, I believe, on Facebook. Um, if not, we'll find it somewhere. We'll get it back out to the to the masses. Um, and still, no idea, Any no more information has ever been sent to me via email. I've asked for it. I'm asking for it again, paranormalalmanac at gmail.com, or another letter from the person, or whatever, something. Maybe on a live call this Thursday, whoever, whenever, however, Please tell me more about this hand of fate and, you know, what happened when you guys opened it and that's why you had to send it to me. Not that I'm mad that it was sent to me. I, it's, it's safely right behind me and so far, knock on fake wood, nothing bad has happened to me. But it reminded me of that because I saw the story about the Richmond Rat Boy. They said it might be some kind of mysterious, monstrous creature like the Fiji Mermaid, but... Uh, the museum went, oh, yeah, it's creepy, but it actually appears to be crafted using plaster of Paris and clay over an armature. Yeah, I can look at the hands and tell you that. It's neat looking. It's fun, but it ain't creepy. It's not a real cryptid. And since it's not, that means it's the end of Paranormal News. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Paranormal News. No, no more Paranormal News. With more Paranormal Almanac. 
Got to unmute my microphone. We are back. That's right. We're back. Um, before I get into this episode, I want to take a quick second to tell you guys about uh, a neat little interview that happened uh, with me this past week. Uh, here it is. I wanted to read the actual email that he sent me because he's really cool. This guy named Henry um, runs a podcast called Paranormal Perception. It's a lot of fun. It's a neat podcast. I've actually listened to a few episodes since uh, prior to the interview with me. But he had me on his show. I think it's coming out next Friday uh, or this Friday, This you know, coming this week. Uh, he had me on his show. It was a lot of fun. We had a quick, you know, qu quick, fun little chat. But the reason that I reached out to him wasn't to be on his show. It's because he's doing a thing called the OC Paracon. And I was hoping I would get there early enough, get to them early enough where I could actually be a part of the OC Paracon. Unfortunately, he said they're all booked up. Um, he would, much as he'd love to have me. And he turns out he's a very cool guy. I had a lot of fun talking to him. I can't wait to hang out with him soon. But he says they're all booked up for guests and whatnot and vendors. But hopefully he'll, uh, he'll be giving me a pass and I can actually go down there and tell you guys all about my fun experience at OC Paracon because it sounds like it's going to be a blast. Let's see, um, he's got uh, Patty Negri, whom you all know. She's psychic medium and good witch, who I saw at the um, Parapod Festival. He's got John John Yost, uh, filmmaker and director of Alien Abduction. That'll be cool. I can't wait to see that if I get a ticket, if I get to go to this. <clears throat> um, EVPI, husband and wife, paranormal team, entity, entity, entity? It looks like it says entity. It should say entity voices. Oh, there's a spelling error on the OC Paracon website. Um, J.M. DeBoard, a.k.a. Rad Owl, author of three books, will be there. C.L. Thomas will be there. Gare Allen will be there. Haunted OC will be there. Nicole Strickland will be there. I like her quite a bit. She is the founder and director of San Diego Paranormal Research Society and California coordinator of the Ghost Research Society. And finally... A man that has been on this show numerous times, and I've been over at his house numerous times, the David Omen will be appearing at OC Paracon. I'll definitely be there for that. His panel is on Saturday, October 7th at 1 p.m. So, um, let me get to the tickets. Um, <clears throat> where is the tickets? Hmm, let me go to the home. Maybe it'll be on the home page. There we go. October 6th through the 8th. In Anaheim, California, at the Hotel Lulu. I'm already pimping this thing out for free. I'm not being paid to do it. He didn't even ask me to do it. Henry's just a cool guy, and I want to promote as much paranormal content as I can because we need more paranormal con uh, conventions out in California. But, um, yeah, so October 6th through the 8th, 2023, at the Hotel Lulu in Anaheim, California. I am going to be there. Hopefully, you guys will be there as well. Uh, the tickets are really, really reasonable. You can get a full weekend for only $100. Um, there's also VIP badges. There's all kinds of stuff. Like, you really should check it out. You can go to ocparacon.com and make sure you listen to my episode. Like I said, I was just on an episode, uh, or will be on Friday, an episode of Paranormal Perception chatting with Henry. He was a cool guy. Like I said, I really like him. I think he's a very cool guy. So check that out, too. Give him a, give him a try, you know? More fun paranormal podcaster out there. Take a listen. 
Alrighty, but we're here for this episode, for Paranormal Almanac. So, yeah, on this edition, I figured, you know what? It's a three-day weekend for most Americans. So let's talk about something relaxing, something non-controversial, something that no one can get offended about and send me death threats. That's right. Let's talk about the devil. Now, the devil has been blamed from everything from hard rock music to people being gay, both of which I have to say is just dumb. But let's talk about the devil and the people that have seen the devil. Plus, most of this episode, honestly, is about episode uh, is about places that you can go to see the devil if you really want to. And frankly, I have no idea why you'd want to. So how about this? Most of this episode is places that if you happen to be there, keep an eye out because anyone around you could be the devil. So squirt them in the face with a squirt gun filled with holy water and then run away from anyone that gets near you. Yeah, that seems like a safer, that sounds better. Yeah, it sounds better. Just get, you know, you have to be safe. You never know who the devil is. The devil's all around you, man. You know, that devil, he's tricky. He's a tricky bastard. Not just red with horns. But anyhow, let's go way, way back. To 1655, where for a full year, a man named Alexander Peden was terrorized by the devil. Which, again, Kurt here, I gotta say, after a few months, I think I'd either get bored of it, I'd move away, I'd terrorize the devil back. You know, I'd do something. You can't just, you know, you can't just let the devil terrorize you for a full year. After a little bit, you gotta be like, oh, okay, devil, knock it the fuck off. Now, I thought I talked about this story in a, in a Poltergeist episode, but I couldn't find it, so I still think I did. But here it is again, and this time it's a, it's a little bit more of a devil angle, a little bit more backstory, and way more um, historical documented um, recordings or whatever uh, writings about this incident. So, again, we're going to go back. Sorry, we're going back now to 1655. To Glenluce, Scotland. Now, like I said, there was a man there named, did I say it? Maybe I didn't say it. If I said it or I didn't say it, there was a man there named Gilbert Campbell, who was just, you know, getting his ass handed to him by the devil in his house for a full year. Him and his whole big ass family. Now, this story was written about numerous times at the time and years following it. So, I'm going to read some of that stuff, but not all of it because no one needs me here, you know, here needs to hear me. See, I'm already tripping over my words. No one needs to hear me tripping over the these and the thous and all that weird ass shit that much. So don't worry. If you hate me reading from historical documents that I can't really read very well, there's not a ton of it. There's a little bit, but not a ton of it. So Gilbert Campbell, who was a weaver by trade, his wife, Grizel Wiley, and again, way too many children, lived in their small house. The children, Tom, Jeanette, another unnamed daughter that no one seemed to care about, history has forgotten about, John, Robert, and Hugh all lived in this tiny little freaking house. And I will tell you, you know, I'm going to tell you the full story from, the, from that time in a minute, but like the overall story was... Um, the minister of Glenlucci Parish, John Scott, first talked with the devil at great lengths and then apparently drove the devil from their house. Now, like I said, the story of the Glenlucci devil was first recorded in a letter to uh, 
Robert Bailey or from Robert Bailey. It's hard to say. Depends where you get your info. Uh, on January 31st, 1661. So what is that, like six years later? 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61. Yeah, six years later. I did that math in my head. Also, how are these old-ass letters from the 1600s still around? You know what? I couldn't find a birthday card given to me last year if you said, I'll give you a million dollars if you show me a birthday card that was given to you last year, let alone a letter or something from when I was a kid. But anyhow, here is this letter that somehow survived, maybe because it talked about the devil, from 1661, January 1661. It says, There has been a great plague among the horse and all Britain, to the death of many thousands of the beast. What you inquire of the apparition in Galloway is notoriously known in Glen, oops, it spells it weird, Glen Luce Parish in John Campbell, a Webster's house for two or three years, a spirit did whilst cast stones, oft fire the house, and cut the webs in the looms, yet never, yet did never any considerable harm. All right, Kurt here. I'm going to stop right there. I'll go into this story without this bullshit a little bit, but... Basically what he's saying, for two to three years, something, the devil, cast stones in the house, broke windows of the house, the house caught on fire, cut the webs and the looms, remember he's a, he's a weaver, but no real harm, bullshit, I'm going to call that harm. He said that the man was a good, pious, resolute man and never left his house for all. Sandry ministers of the Presbytery did keep fasting and praying in the house without molestation. Sometimes it spoke, and the minister, Mr. John Scott, was so wise as to entertain large discourses with it. It were long to write all the passages. This 12 month, it has been silent. So for a year, for a year now, it's been quiet. I just, I just had a hiccup, sorry. A sturdy beggar who had been the most wicked and avowed atheist for which he had hanged at Dumfries did oft lodge in that house about his death as it became more quiet. Yet thereafter, it became troublesome enough for the time is silent. It's almost done. Don't worry. There's much witchery up and down our land, though the English be but too sparing to try it. Yet from they, exi- from they execute. That's it. It's done. It's all the weird-ass words. I'll, don't worry. I'll, I'll go into the story with all that bullshit in just a second. But the next known source of the story is from 1672, so 17 years later. It's still being talked about, and this one is by George Sinclair. It's the same story, Satan chatting and bugging Gilbert. Then the next story that was about this Glen Luce devil was in 1685, and this was written in Satan's Invisible World Discovered. And the next story on this episode will be from Glasgow in 1685, so there might be a connection. Don't worry, you're going to hear what I'm talking about in just a minute. It'll make a lot of sense in just a minute. Sorry, I had like three phone calls while I was reading that old-ass letter. Oh, people, I'm trying to do an episode here. So, here it is from Satan's Invisible World Discovered, a book that was written in 1685, or a thing that was written in 1685. The Devil of Glen Luce, enlarged with several remarkable additions from an eye and ear witness, a person of undoubted honesty. This is that famous and notable story of the Devil of Glen Luce, which I, which I published back in 1672, which has been transcribed word for word, but now with an eyewitness. The subject matter of this story is true in a short account of the troubles of Gilbert Campbell, expert weaver from Glen Luce and Galloway. 
It happened after one Alexander Agnew, a bold and sturdy beggar, who afterwards was hanged at Dumfries, Drumfries for blasphemy, had threatened to hurt the family. So this guy is saying he thinks that after Alexander, Alexander Agnew, who is a beggar, started bugging the family, they were like, hey, knock it the shit off. He was brought to court for it. They said they had blasphemous expressions when he was interrogated by the judges, whether he believed there was a God or not. He answered he, there, he knew no God but salt, meal, and water. So basically, something you shouldn't do in the 1600s, but say, no, fuck God, I just want food. So they're saying that's when this shit really kicked off, when they hanged this guy, this little, this basically homeless person, when they hanged him, that's when shit kicked off, which, you know what? Don't, don't do that. That's just dumb. All right. How did it get started for the family, for Gilbert Campbell and his family? Well, first, there was a whistling herd both within and outside the house. Janet Campbell, the daughter, said that she was going to the well one day to bring home some water. She was basically hit with a shrill whistling about her ears, which made her say, I would fain hear these speak as well as whistle. So basically, she heard voices as well as the whistle. Then... She said there was a very threatening manner to the voice, and she said, the voice said, I'm going to basically throw you into this well. And she said the voice was almost exactly like her voice, and it did resemble it, you know, like she's like, yeah, this sounded like me, and it's saying it was going to throw me down the well. And um, other people heard the voice as well. She said it was weird because the, the whistle sounded like the small glass whistles that children used to make back in the day. Next. About the middle of November, this story, which I'm kind of paraphrasing right now, says the foul fiend came on with new and extraordinary assaults, basically throwing stones at the doors and the windows and down the chimney. He said there were tons of stones that were found down the chimney and thrown at the windows and outside at the doors. And he said thrown with force, too. No one was hurt, but it got so bad that they called on the minister. Now, while they're waiting for their minister... All the Campbell family's clothes were slashed and cut. That seems bad. Then, the bedsheets and linens were ripped off them as they slept. And they said basically were, you know, caught with their asses hanging out because they were naked because all the, sh the clothes were slashed. So they're under the blankets. Boom, blankets ripped off of them. Everything was dumped and thrown about their house, their dressers, their trunks, their cupboards. Then, Dad Gilbert said he was cut and slashed. And he said that no piece of cloth in the house was unslashed. So, he takes the whole family of the neighbors to stay to try and protect the family. But he stays in the house for a season. And he said for about four or five days, there wasn't any activity in the house. So, if you're thinking, oh yeah, it's the girl. It's obviously going to be Janet. She, it's a poltergeist. Well, he's saying that there wasn't any activity in the house for four or five days. Then, the minister shows up and they start having a shit ton of activity, including very long conversations with the devil. Now, they couldn't see him. They could just hear him. Finally, he thinks, the minister thinks, you know what? I got rid of the devil. Don't worry. We had a long conversation. I wrote down everything the devil told me to write down. Basically, he was writing the Bible for the devil. And, he, and the devil says, all right, I'm leaving. And he gets the devil out of the house. And he tells Gilbert, you know what? Bring the family back to the house at once. So everything was fine until one family member came home the next afternoon and the house caught fire. You're going, ah, oh, it's the daughter, Kurt. Nope. 
the letter from that time, that one that was published in that book, says, Tom, the son. Everything was fine until Tom, the son, came home, and the next afternoon, boom, the house caught on fire. Thanks a lot, Tom. So the neighbors helped put out the fire because they were walking by to go to service, and they're like, hey, look, the Campbell's house is on fire. I wonder if they want it put out. And the Campbell's are like, yes, please. So they all put it out. They put it out. Everything's cool, right? Nope. Following Monday, boom, another fire. They get that one out. And here comes Tuesday. If you say uh, another fire, give yourself a point. So for everyone playing at home, you've now been given one point. If you said the next day there'd be another fire, keep your points. They add up at the end of the year. You can turn them in. It's kind of like tickets you get at like Chuck E. Cheese for, for special prizes. But you got to be on this. There's an honor system here, people. All right, anyhow, back to the story. So they send Tom to the ministers because, you know, well, fuck Tom. And they cleanse the house again, and no fires happen at all. So the minister says, all right, everything's cool now. You know what? I'm going to bring Tom back because, you know, I don't want Tom. And Tom stops at the front door and immediately says he hears a voice talking to him, forbidding him from entering the house. So what do they do? Yep, they make him go into the house. Kurt here, don't do that. If you walk up to a building and you hear a voice forbidding you from entering that building, just don't go in that building. That seems like a bad building. Don't go there. But they make him go in the house, and guess what? Yeah, he gets his ass kicked by the devil. They said bruises start appearing on him. He starts bleeding. So back to the ministers with Tom. Kurt here, the devil hates Tom. If there's one thing I've learned so far from this uh, episode is devil hates Tom. You know, maybe that's why Tom and MySpace aren't around anymore. The devil hated him. All right, then soon after Tom's ass-kicking, the whole family starts hearing voices, and they start arguing with the devil. Kurt here, don't do that either. Again, that seems bad. So they tell the minister, who I assume was just, you know, sitting in his house, not sleeping with a knife or something pointed at Tom the whole time, because I would be if I was that minister. I'd be like, I know the devil's in you, boy. But the minister brings some friends and family to start ridding the house of the devil once and for all. He said he's had it enough. So here's the transcript transcript from the minister's wife. At their first incoming, the devil says, quum literum. So Latin, he's speaking Latin. But these people actually know Latin. And they say these are the first words of the Latin rudiments, which scholars are taught when they go into the grammar school. And then he starts crying. Uh, why? I don't know. Like, he just starts crying. So the minister, thinking that he had spoken it to him, said... He took it not of ill to be reviled by Satan since his master had trodden that path before him. So basically, like, I'm not afraid of you, Satan, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Satan said it was not to you. I spoke it to I meant by the dog there for the dog standing behind backs. No idea what the hell that shit means. Uh, so they all go to pray. They heard, They said, which ended, they heard a voice speaking out of the ground from under a bed in a proper country dialect. And it's saying... Would you know the witches of Glenluce? I'll tell them, I'll, I will tell you them, and so related four or five persons' names that went under a bad report. So basically he says, hey, you know any of these witches in Glenluce? And they're like, what? No. And he's like, oh, let me give you their names. Of course they wrote them down. It was the 1600s. Everybody's afraid of witches. So the devil's now, you know, ratting on people. Um... Uh, the weaver came in, the dad, and said, oh, one of those people on that list? Yeah, they died a long time ago. And uh, the devil says, yep, it's true. She is dead a long, 
long ago, but her spirit is living with us in this world. Um, the minister then tried to basically exercise the demon, did the whole basic exorcism kind of stuff, saying, you know, get behind me, Satan, and, you know, all oh, the Lord and all that jazz. And um, the prayer went again, which it ended during the time of prayer. No noise or trouble was made except one that a loud, fearful yowl was heard from a distance. So while he's praying, there's crazy yowl in the distance. Uh, let's see. The devil, with many threatenings, boasted and terrified the lad Tom, who would come back that day with the minister, that if he did not depart out of the house, he would set it all on fire. He says the Lord will preserve the house. Guess what? house has already been caught on fire three times, minister. Mm, maybe not. Uh, let's see. He says that the, he has God's warrant to tarry in the house. So basically, he's allowed to be in the house. Uh, let's see. The minister replied, the Lord will stop any malice against Tom. Boy, the devil hates Tom. They pray again. This time when it ends, the devil says, give me a spade and a shovel and depart from the house for seven days, and I will make a grave and lay down in it and shall trouble you no more. That seems like a good deal. I hope they gave him a spade and a shovel. Uh, let's see. The spirit answered, I will not remove for you. I have my commission from Christ to tarry and vex this family. So basically the devil is saying, hey, you know what? God or Christ says that I'm allowed to be here and do what I want to this family. Uh, let's see. The devil replied, I have a commission which will perhaps last longer than your own. So basically said, you know what? I can do what I want and I already have a commission on these souls. Uh, the company inquired at the lad who was still there. Bubble. I'm, try, I'm trying to skip ahead now because it just keeps going on and on. It's just back and forth. Minister says this. Devil says no. Minister says you have to. Devil says no. Minister says please. And devil says, nah, I don't think so. And minister says, come on, I'll give you Tom. And devil said, like, fuck Tom. You know, it just goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, let's see. Basically, it ends with the devil saying, if Tom goes to the College of Glasgow and prays, the devil will leave the house, which is a weird fucking get for the devil, but that's exactly what they do. Hold on. Speaking of the devil, rum is here. Hi, sweetheart. You're not the devil. I'm just kidding. I love you. You're not the devil. No, no. All right. So, uh, so yeah, it, it, it basically ends with, you know, he starts like the devil is like spouting out like people calling people witches and warlocks and talking in, in different accents and different dialects and different languages, and then just goes, yeah, you know what I'll do? Here's, all right, how about this? If Tom goes to college in Glasgow, basically fucks off out of this town, uh, and prays there, I'll leave. So I don't understand what that what the devil got out of that, but that brings us to Glasgow in 1685. Remember when I said a minute ago, well, not a minute ago, a couple of minutes ago, that there was a second story that seemed to be attached to this one? Well, here it is. Glasgow, 1685, many people think that the devil went there, which, you know, kind of would make sense because Tom went there and prayed. So it's a weird story of two men, probably teens, who went into a cave in Glasgow and uh, to basically like kind of sit around and eat lunch and everything. And yep, the devil was already in the cave. So these guys, John Clark and Alexander Peden, they go into the cave. The devil starts talking to them saying, he wants food and drink offerings to give into the cave, and if they do, he'll go home. Like, so go home and get it and, and get, give me an offering. They either say no or one leaves, depending where you get your info, and they come back and they give it to the devil, just straight up. Just here you go, devil, just out of love, you can have it. 
then it seems like Alexander either becomes a preacher or just preached about this nonstop from that point on because it gets brought up in a lot of historical documents. Alexander Peden, the devil of Glen, uh, the devil of the cave of Glasgow, but no real meat to the story other than, yeah, I went into a cave once when I was a kid and the devil was in there. He asked for food. I gave him some food out of love and the devil said, okay, thank you. I mean, it's a really weird story, but it does seem to be around the same time and the same places. And it really seems to a lot of people that have, you know, researched these stories way more than I have, that the devil lived in a cave after he was driven from Gilbert's house. Now, I will say, if you really want to go down this rabbit hole, there is a ton of stuff to go down the rabbit hole, including there's a guy online that figured out where exactly the Campbells lived back in the 1600s. And he even thinks he found the well that the daughter heard the, you know, the devil was going to throw her down that well. He thinks he found the well as well. So, you know, look that up if you really want to see pretty pictures of landscape and not much else. There's nothing there that made me go... Oh, yeah, that's a devil's well. I can see that well. That's, you know, that's totally the devil's well. Sorry, rum jumped down. Yeah, it's totally the devil's well. But the fact that there are people online that are spending that much time to find a small house in Glenluce, Scotland, from the 1600s and think they found it, you know, you got to love the Internet for that kind of stuff alone. That is incredible. You know, it almost reminds me of the phrase that pays is the devil went down to Georgia. Once again, the phrase that pays is the devil that went down. Ooh, the devil went down to Georgia. The phrase that pays is the devil went down to Georgia. So all you have to do, email paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. If you haven't already in one of the other previous three episodes with the phrase that pays, just email paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. Subject line, phrase that pays. The body of the email the devil went down to Georgia, and boom, you are entered. It's that easy. You're entered for a chance to win a free T-shirt from tpublic.com. Also, while I'm talking about the devil went down to Georgia, because I couldn't think of like a good phrase that pays about the devil. I didn't want to do Latin or something. You ever seriously ever listen to that song, The Devil Went Down to Georgia? The devil says he's going to kick ass on the violin, and then it just plays like a, like a shitty guitar riff. It's a weird song, right? All right, uh, let's, keep, let's keep going on. Next up, like I promised you, let's go to places where the devil either is or was or should be. First up, Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah, that seems right, right? Well, in Salem, Massachusetts, there is the Satanic Temple. That's right, housed inside a former Victorian funeral parlor, which, by the way, the members of the Satanic Temple painted it black because, you know, you got to paint it either black or red. You know, that's the devil's colors. But it's open to the public, so you can go in there and sit at or just look at their big statue of, I've always, I've often been told it's called Baphomet, but now, today, I was told by a buddy of mine, it's not Baphomet. How, what are you doing, man? So, I'm going to do a pronunciation for you guys live and find out how you pronounce it. How do you say it? All right, come on, get to it. Oh, there's going to be a damn commercial, isn't there? Nope. No, no commercials. No, come on, commercial. Go away. All right, here we go. Dracula's back to tell us how to say Baphomet. Uh, do you say it? The name 
was first used by the French, though it is a French name originally. In French, it is said as Baphomet. This is why. Oh, crap. It is Baphomet. All right. I'm glad I checked that then. If you couldn't hear it, it's some vampire dude talking about how it's a French word. So it is Baphomet. So anyhow, back to Salem, Massachusetts, the Satanic Temple. If you go there, you can see a huge statue of Baphomet. And you can also check out their occult art exhibit with fun things like paintings made from human blood. And I assume like evil Bob Ross paintings or like paintings of kittens with devil horns, which if they don't have those, they need to get on it. And they also, um, you know what? You can have that idea for free, uh, Satanic Temple. Don't worry about it. You can just do that. Now, if if you do like decide that you want to have some evil Bob Ross paintings or painting paintings with kittens with devil horns, because people would love those. If you do decide to use that and you say, you know, like, well, we heard it from Kurt at Paranormal Almanac. How about this? Have that idea for free. Just let me do an episode from there. I think it'd be fun, right? That'd be cool. Fly me out there. I'll do an episode. It'd be cool. Now, in case you think it's all like sex rituals and pure evil, here's something about the Satanic Temple in Salem, Massachusetts. Well, Pretty basic, actually. It just advocates for equal opportunity in free speech forums and against state restrictions that hinder abortions. That's it. I'm going to read that again. Advocates for equal opportunity in free speech forums and against state restrictions that hinder abortions. Not going to touch that because it's politics, but there you go. All righty, next up, let's go to Osaka, Japan, to the Territory Occult Store in the basement of a shop. Where they say, and they, I mean the internet, say a long-haired Japanese wizard named Taki, Taiki, runs territory. Territory's doors are covered in ominous signs cautioning vis- visitors to beware, along with the Latin words, non-servium, I will not serve, that were attributed to Lucifer inside, uh, oh, it's attributed to Lucifer, I'm sorry. Inside is a candlelit altar, or Baphomet, Plus, packed from floor to ceiling with oddities like human skulls. I've got those. Voodoo masks. I've got those. Other exquisite talismans. Oh, hell yeah, I got those. Hand of fate style, bitches. Which, <clears throat> I gotta say, hold on, I'm, I got, I'm, I'm, hold on, I'm losing my voice for a second. I got too excited. Makes me wonder, who is the weirder shit, my house or this long-haired wizard's basement? Like, so far, it seems like it's neck and neck. You can come to my house and see... Human skulls and voodoo masks and hands of fate. He doesn't have a hand of fate. Only I got the hand of fate. At least I think he does. Uh, they say that you can um, you can hunt for rare books about Japanese demons and take home a witch effigy possessed by a malevolent spirit. Kurt here. Why would you want something that is possessed by a malevolent spirit? Thank you, Rum. Thank you. Hold on. The uh, answer is you don't. You don't want anything possessed by a malevolent spirit. The Hand of Fate, thankfully, knock on fake wood. So far, so good. All righty, up next, let's go to Segovia. We're going to go to uh, Segovia, Spain, to the El Dablio del Aqueducto. Now, I'm just going to guess here, but I'm going to say that that translates to the Devil's Aqueduct. Let's see if Kurt's right. All righty, according to folklore, a little girl who's tired of walking up the steep city streets to fill her pail with water every morning... So she does what every little girl does, and she strikes a deal with the devil. In exchange for her soul, he said that he would construct the aqueduct right there in town so she didn't have to keep walking up and down the hills. But he'll do it before the 
the crow, well, not the crow, the uh, the uh, the rooster, they say cockerel, but I don't want to say cockerel. The rooster, he said he'll do it before the rooster crows the following morning. So basically, one night, he said the, the devil's like, hey, man, I'll do this. I'll build you this aqueduct, but I'm going to take your soul if I can do it before the before the crow, not crow, rooster, damn it, before the rooster crows the following morning. So the girl agrees, and the devil starts to build the aqueduct. But legend says, as night wore on, the devil's work got near completion. The girl grew more and more concerned. Then, just before the devil could lay the last stone, the rooster crowed. So the devil lost his wager. The girl kept her soul. If you go there now, you will see a bronze devil perched on a ledge, naked, smiling, and snapping a selfie with a smartphone in his hand. It's a statue. It's a bronze statue. So you can go there now and get your picture taken with the devil, naked devil, snapping a selfie. And apparently, this is fun fact, apparently the devil will not do like some kind of Twilight Zone, M. Night Shyamalan kind of twist for your soul if construction work is involved. So you got that going for you. So... If you ever have to do a deal with the devil, it's got to be construction related because we all know that he's just going to dick around with like the stupid violin in that one song. All righty, let's go to Bang Sean, Thailand. And if you're Sean Bishop listening, listening to this right now, Sean, first, let me say, I do not want to bang Sean, but the place is called Bang Sean, Thailand. Now, keeping with the water theme from the last one, this one is an open-aired water park with a ride that graphically depicts what it's like to go to Buddhist hell. Now, since I couldn't find a good picture of it, I found a YouTube video, but I haven't watched the YouTube video yet, so I kind of want to watch that YouTube video now. Now, I don't know if you guys will be able to hear it because the audio is being weird again. Yeah, it doesn't sound like you... Oh! Today, we are going to go check out a temple in Oh, all right, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. So it's Bang Son, not Bang Sean. That makes me feel a little bit better. All right, so it's this couple there. I'm just going to mute it. There's this couple. They're standing in front of a pool, and they're like, hey, we're going to go see Bang Son. And they're riding a pink Vespa. Get to the get to the temple. Come on, guys. Oh, all right. So it's a guy. He's standing in front of, what is this? Oh, it's not even, it's not a water park. It's just a bunch of statues. It's a bunch of open-aired statues of, like, gods. Oh, wow. All right, now we must have gotten to hell. Um, a bunch of angry fucking statues. Um, oh, there's a cool monkey statue. I like that. So there's just, like, a bunch of cool-ass statues, but then they go to hell, and the statues get wacky quick. These things are awesome. There's, like, a long-tongued devil. I'm going to have to put this on... Uh, the Facebook fan page, and then a bunch of people in like a, I don't know, like a cereal bowl getting their souls sucked out or something, and this one guy's like ass up into the devil tongue. There's a lot going There's a lot going on in these statues. I'm definitely going to put this on the, wow, there's some serious lot going on in these statues. Really cool, crazy, creepy statues with like deer heads and animal heads and guys with like a pitchfork stabbing people in a bowl. Oh, this guy's being disemboweled. He's got like a pig's head. Oh, that guy's stabbed in the chest. That's got to hurt. Um, wow. The Oh, that guy's getting a... Oh, that guy's getting a, a, like a, a pitchfork to the dick. There's crazy... All right, I'm definitely putting this on the, uh, the Facebook fan page because that's... It's weird. I got to say it. Good on you. You did it. You, you made a weird-ass 
outdoor museum-y kind of thing that I would love to check out and get some photos with. Screw getting a photo with the stupid naked devil with the, the cell phone. I want to go here. Next episode includes this. All right, it's been added to the Facebook fan page. What? No, just post it. Post it. A visit to hell. That's cool. I like that. All right, let's go to another devil museum. Man, I tell you what, if you want to just go to devil museums, there's a ton of those. Hold on. Rum is chewing on a plastic spoon that I got from the from uh, takeout. Hold on one second. Can I have that, please? Thank you very much. Eat a plastic spoon. Here, have a treat. Go away. All right, I'm back. Uh, I got to say, if you want to have, like, uh, like, if you want to just go on a tour of devil museums around the world, there are a lot of them. This next one is from Countess Lithuania, and it's called something that there is no chance in hell I'm going to get right. The Zmud Zinovicius Museum. Now, it's a former home. It's now a three-story museum where Lithuanian artist and poet Antanas Zmidzivinius, there's just a lot of... There's just a lot of consonants. Uh, he collected, basically, there's a dude. He was an artist and a poet. He collected devils. So if you go there, you're going to see over 3,000 paintings and sculptures of horned creatures from around the world. The exhibit says that Satan is a shapeshifter. He's a red-faced and fanged beast in medieval art, an attractive angel and engravings from Milton's Paradise Lost. It just goes on and on and on and on about all the different incarnations of the devil. So um, if you like devil art, you know, that's, that's the place to go. Alrighty, we're almost at the one hour mark, so this might be a part one of two. I actually, it definitely will be, because I got a lot to get through. Uh, let's go up next to, uh, well, let's go back to the 1740s when Sir Francis Dashwood transformed Medmaham Abbey, that's in Buckinghamshire, England, into what later became known as the Hellfire Club. You know, like Stranger Things? That's cool. Anyhow, members of this gentleman's club is said to have engaged in secret hedonistic rituals here, and rumors spread that the monks of Medmenham were holding satanic black masses and coupling with women dressed as nuns. Man, how much would those guys love all the nun porn online today? Uh, experts say that, you know what, the satanic stuff probably never happened there, but... They won't say if the non-sex stuff happened there, so it probably did, and it makes the list. All right, from there, let's let's end it with this one. Let's go to real anticlimactic. Uh, let's head over to Morton, France. Mortain, France, where the oldest known altercation between the devil and Archangel Michael is said to have happened and that they have proof. All right, legend says Michael and the devil lived in Normandy because, sure, why not? And a feud started. Neither of them wanted to move out of Normandy. So a fight broke out between the two of them on top of Mont, Mont Saint-Michel. Now, Satan was tossed out and landed in the nearby town of Mortain, France, or Morton, France. I don't know. I haven't been there. And they say you can still see the marks of his claws etched into some rocks outside the town. And I was like, all right, that's cool. I got to see what Satan claw marks look like. Um... Let me tell you, you Google it. If you Google Mortain France devil or claw marks or anything even remotely to it, they uh, they look like absolutely nothing. Like, even if you squint, I would never say, you know what this kind of looks like? Kind of looks like Satan's claws. No, it looks like the ground. It looks like the ground. If I was to take a picture of the nearby mountain and say, see that? 
See that little line in the mountain that goes down the mountain? That's not from rain. That's from Satan's dick. And you'd be like, all right, dude, I guess. Not really. Uh, but anyhow, with that anticlimactic one, um, let's say that this is part one of two, at the very least two, because I got a crap ton more to go. And I mean a lot. There is a bunch more to go. I'm, I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling of all the places that I have to talk about, and there's no possible way I can get to it all tonight. So um, I guess with that, let's just say this is part one of, what is this episode called? The Devil? Sure. Part one of The Devil and part two will be coming to you very, very soon. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Savig, and this has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Begin with the Gulzwina, Abbey of Zwina, 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 Abbey of Zw